Hey, Bucketheads, we're back. It's your boys at CBB DFS. Bird and James are with me. We are ready to start our third year of doing this. Guys, we're back. We're back. We are back. Thank God. Feels good, huh? Life is great. Life is fantastic. We've had an awesome day on Twitter, um, helping a a friend out with the SI pod. It just, things things are coming up great. And now uh, we're going to channel that into this podcast. And then our lineups are all going to be coming up great tomorrow, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, right? We bucketheads just win all the money. Listen to the podcast, read the written content, and win all the money. Yeah, yeah, it's simple as that. For uh, those of you who are new to the podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, Three of us, I'm Joe, we got Bird and James, and we'll introduce ourselves as we go. I handle the Big East and the SEC. James, uh, who you you got for us this year? We got Big Ten, we got ACC action. Once again, can't wait. And then Bird, wrap us up. Who are you covering? I've got the Big 12. I've got that Pac-12 heat. And oh. uh, I'll help James out a little bit, too, with the, the 400 teams that he has uh, in his two conferences. <laughs> and then you know you know we're going to pick up that, uh, that Memphis, that Cincinnati, that AAC love. If anyone gets good in Conference USA, and, of course, the Zags and some other West Coast heat, if we can find it, right? Yeah, for sure. We do. Uh, through pod through the website, which is uh, cbb-dfs.com. The Twitter, you guys know, at cbb underscore DFS. This is our third year, like I said, of doing this. The first year we had Twitter only. Then we added a regular podcast and a website in the second year. Now the third year, we got more great things in store, including uh, a partnership, which is new. Um, so, Bert, do you want to tell them a little bit about the partnership? Yeah, we're partnering with Prize Picks this year. Uh, and they have a really slick, kind of easy-to-use app. They, they've set uh, over-under on fantasy points for certain players. So, for example, tomorrow, uh, Cade Cunningham over-under over 30.6 fantasy points. So over. you can select as many of these as you want. Say, hey, I want the over, I want the under. And depending on how many picks you make, uh, your your payout potential increases. You know, you're not competing against other people. You're not competing against 150 entries. It's just you versus a uh, a preset line that they've made and, and you have a chance to win 10 X your money. So uh, use our promo code CBB DFS or use the link that we have out on Twitter uh, for a hundred percent match. And uh, we'll have a segment at the end where we talk about some of our favorite picks on price picks. Yeah. And I think we're going to do that every pod, a nice little way to close us out and wrap up. Um, you can do a couple of uh, selections in these like mini parlays, two to four or five. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but we're going to give you guys three at the end of every pod uh, I'm going to give you a guy. James is going to be a guy. Bird will give you a guy. And you can use that three and just play that if you want, or you can add to it to win some more money, or maybe if you only like two, the two. Um, I went in and set my first lineup in prize picks today. Uh, it was really user-friendly, a nice, clean site. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and especially early in the season when we don't really know what to expect. There there might be ways to uh, to have some fun there and maybe get some advantages. Yeah, I think we'll be able to exploit that. And we'll also uh, uh, add that to some of our written content as well. Um, so you'll see that on the on cbb-dfs.com as well. Awesome. Well, guys, we got a lot of stuff to get to, so I don't want to I don't want to uh, labor too much in the in the intros. But I did ask the Twitterverse, um, our bucket heads that are out there that follow us, if they had any questions. We got a lot of questions, so we can only pick three for the the pod. We'll get into those in just a second because I have a question first off, and James, I'm I'm going to you for this question, and that is. This has been an interesting off season. We all know uh, what the virus has done to to us uh, from a community standpoint, but from a basketball perspective, 
no overseas trips to play in Europe and fine tune some of these teams, no secret scrimmages, you know, with a border rival town for another conference to gauge where you're at. James, what's your expectation for some of these freshmen and for what to expect from the style and quality of play out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, the bad news is you don't really know how these teams are going to be tested against other teams. You know, a lot of the scrimmages that have happened have just been um, intra-team scrimmages. Uh, It's hard to glean a lot of good information from that. Uh, You can dig into, you know, what the coaches say. You can dig into practice logs. You can study the transfer portal uh, to see where guys are coming in, going out, and, of course, paying attention to the, the recruits that are coming in. The the good news is is that we do that, and if you go to cbb-dfs.com, uh, we'll give you the breakdowns of what to expect. So that's, that's the good news, uh, but it has definitely been a challenging year for sure. All right, guys, let's get into the buckethead questions because those are always better than ours. First one I got here is from Kevin Durham. Uh, he's a new follower, and he asked uh, if we had any strategies for first-time DFS players. And and Bird, you're kind of our strategy guru here. Um, what, what would you say to to Kevin? Uh, yeah, so I think it's a great question. Um, it's probably a little bit different than than say NFL, where people are out there looking at ownership projections and and, and you know wind and, and you know things like that and really diving in. There's there's probably not as much uh, ownership. It's probably more around. Uh, what what style of, of game is it going to be? What's the over under? What type of tempo are we looking at? Are, are there teams that are that are in a pace up game versus a pace down game? Um, and, and then there's a lot of value, especially early on in pricing. Um, I think you know as DraftKings tries to figure out what what these players' roles are, there's there's usually some pretty um, significant edges in terms of price. So being able to identify those value plays, uh, and, and we're really looking for you know as a base as a baseline. So, so say for a cash game. We're looking for kind of 4x your salary. So if a player is 5,000, we're looking for 20 DK points. Um, and, you know, hoping to get at least over 200 DraftKings points for the slate. That usually uh, is going to going to equal a cash uh, versus a a big a big tournament, a GPP type of tournament, guaranteed prize pool tournament, where we're looking for more of that 5x uh, of their salary. So if you got a, a 5k guy, we want them to score at least 25 DK points. But there's a lot of just kind of inefficient pricing, especially early on. And I think that's where you can really take advantage. So focusing on on tempo over under and, and some of that inefficient pricing early on, I think are, are kind of the keys uh, as we get to as we get to learn these teams and learn some of these new players. Yeah, normally we have a, a, a nice lengthy offseason to get to really hit the ground running in January when the conference play starts. This year, it seems like we're going to have about a month uh, of hit and miss games to get a feel for things. But then it's going to become the real deal real fast. Yeah, for sure. Kevin, thank you for the question. I hope you enjoyed the listen, and I hope that helps you out. Next one comes from a familiar face, Tanner Reese. He wants to uh, he wants to know he's got he's, this two parter here. He wants to know from each of us if we have one sleeper player this year and one sleeper team. This is this is a tough question, um, but we did uh, we did send it to the guys in advance, so everybody should have one. Um, James, who who you got for a sleeper player and a sleeper team this year? Um, keep it short, though, because we're not going to do a full season preview. <laughs> Understood. Uh, as a sleeper team, I kind of like Georgia Tech. Uh, they're a team uh, coached yeah. by Josh Pastner that uh, they return a, a pretty good core of guys that um, have been around for a couple of years now. And uh, so I think in a conference that has a lot of turnover this year, maybe they can sneak up and uh, you know and do something. Uh, for my sleeper player, 
um, maybe not so much of a sleeper, but maybe to, to folks that don't follow the Missouri Valley. Uh, Liam Robbins uh, recently transferred from Drake to Minnesota. Uh, he's a big man, seven footer, average 14 and seven for Drake uh, and a crazy 4.3 blocks per 40 minutes. And gotcha. so he's going to he's going to step into the Otero role. And I think he'll be a, a mainstay in DFS slates. Ooh, I like that. Uh, he'll probably be cheaper early, too, because he is somewhat of an unknown at this point. Uh, I, I got a big as well for my super player. I, I can't read anything negative about Darcy, Dawson Garcia at Marquette. Um, Marquette's going to be a new team, obviously a non-Marcus uh, Howard Marquette. So they're going to look a little bit different, um, obviously. And there's a lot of shots that need to go to new faces. Uh, Dawson Garcia is one of those new faces. It's kind of a crafty big. He's the biggest guy on their roster. Now, Theo John's the muscle on that team, but we've well documented over the course of our write-ups and pods, Theo's love for fouling out. So uh, Dawson Garcia is someone who can get an extended run and make an impact right away. As far as my sleeper team, the, you know, I gave it some thought, but the name, the team that keeps popping up in my head that I think people are sleeping on is South Carolina. Now, this isn't a sexy DFS team at all. But A.J. Lawson's back. Jermaine Cousinard came on and did some really good things last year. Manaya can shoot it and should be fully healthy. I think this team's going to make some noise and have a really nice season. Uh, finally, Bird, close us out. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay close to home with my homer roots here and go David McCormick. So we kind of all talked about big guys here. Uh, but McCormick's going to replace uh, Yudoka Azabuki down low. Uh, actually, you know, McCormick had 25% usage in limited minutes. Bill Self said he's the most improved player on that team. Uh, it's, you know, Silvio DeSosa is gone. So it's really just McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot down low this year. Um, I really think he takes a huge step this year. Uh, a guy who probably could end up averaging, you know, say 12 points, eight rebounds a game, a couple blocks, a guy we really want to target early on. And, and we'll see right away against Gonzaga, how he can, how he does against Timmy. Um, I, I think that'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then for uh, undervalued teams or sleeper teams, uh, we talked a little bit on the podcast today with with Ben on the Sports Illustrated uh, Fantasy and Gambling podcast, but Memphis at 100 to one, uh, I think there's a lot of value there. They've got AAC preseason rookie of the year and Musa Cisse, uh, elite shot blocker. You got Virginia Tech uh, transfer Landers Nolly. Uh, you bring back a bunch of sophomores, so I just think that's a really undervalued team, especially at 100 to one when you're thinking about a DK sportsbook bet. Like there, there's worse ways to spend your money uh, than on, than on a team that's super talented. Uh, getting 100 to 1 odds to to win a title. Awesome. So there you go, Tanner Reese. There's our there's our uh, one player and one team each. Last question here from the Bucketheads is from Jake Kuchek. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. He asks if, if there's anyone over 8K on this price that we're locked into playing enough minutes that are worth paying up for. Now, we're going to go through these games here in just a second. I will say just at first glance uh, as the Big East guy, I'm probably not going to pay over 8K for uh, uh, Gillespie or Robinson Earl. You know, there's another guy at 9K um, on Purdue, uh, which is the game that's kicking this whole thing off in our don't go overboard section. So, so Jake, we're going to we're going to take the easy way out and just touch on these guys as we go through the board. So thank you for the question. And James, with that, let's get into Liberty Purdue. Um, the line is Purdue ten and a half, and the over/under right now is just at one twenty-three. What are your thoughts on that game from a DFS perspective? Well, these two teams are two of the slowest pace teams in the nation, or at least they were last year. So it's not not a super attractive game uh, to to really look for anybody. But uh, some things to note here: Eric Hunter, who's the lead guard for Purdue and probably their second best player, 
Uh, he's out. He's going to be out for a month. And so I think there's a couple guys you can look at there. Jade Nivey is a guy I really like at 4,800. He's a true freshman, 6'4", can score at all three levels. Uh, he had 22 points in a recent scrimmage, and we just talked about, you know, is that trustworthy or not? don't know. But he's 4,800, so you can take a chance on him in GPP. Trevion Williams, he's been dealing with a hip pointer uh, in the last week or so. He's 9,200 right now, so he kind of falls into that category. Is he going to play enough? I don't know. They, they do have a backup center. This guy, I have to talk about him. He's 3,000. I don't know if he'll play at all. He may redshirt, but he's 7'3", 290, true freshman. Uh, his name's Zach Eddy. And, uh, yeah, he's big boy. And uh, so, you know, it's possible that he could see some time. Uh, Purdue is incredibly thin right now, especially. I think they only have 10 scholarship players. That guy's not thin, though. Yeah. Um, So, uh, not a lot there. I I think there's um, one guy that's a Henderson State transfer, Chris Parker. He's only 3,000 for the Liberty Flames. You know, he's a guy that he's probably the only playmaker they have on the team. So he might be a guy that you take a shot on. But otherwise, it's probably a game that you just stay away from. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, though. Doesn't that mean Travion's going to take every shot? Yeah, he could. If if he plays, you know, they may, Purdue may get up enough that he, you know, they don't want to take a chance with his injury and uh, it's true, you know, they don't want to play him. So I, it, it's really tough to say. But I think, you know, he's still still worth a shot in GPP. But you just have to, to measure your expectations. It's a lot of money to pay. Yeah, and, and we'll keep an eye out on, on those injuries, you know, right up to tip. Uh, you know, keep, keep an eye out on our Twitter. Uh, we'll be retweeting. And, uh, and there's also another follow out there, college uh, basketball um, follow that, that does a really good job of injuries. And, and so we'll, we'll promote that as well. Um, but, you know, stay diligent. We know there's going to be a lot of things to kind of change uh, towards the, you know, as we get closer to tip. So we'll keep an eye out and, and we'll let you guys know as, as much as we know as well. Awesome. We good on Liberty Purdue? We're way good. <laughs> way good. 123 over under. We were good before it started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that, that means it's on me. Uh, Moorhead State versus Kentucky. Now, Kentucky is slated to score 80-some points in this game, but they're 23-point favorites uh, against Moorhead State. Um, new Kentucky team, five new starters. This isn't anything new. We've seen this again and again and again. Um, they do have the uh, freshman as usual, Devin Askew uh, is going to run the point, so he's really the highest-priced one. But the the real jewel of the team is Brandon Boston. With freshmen of this caliber, um, I'm really a, more of a wait-and-see guy um, as a DFS player, so I'd like to see what Boston does. I'm not going to spend 7200 for him out of the gate until I see how he's utilized because Gal's a guy, if you're not giving, out, giving the effort or not playing defense, you're going to get pulled. Um, I am interested uh, quite a bit in Olivier Saar, the transfer from Wake Forest. Um, I think him and another transfer, Davion Mintz, could be interesting plays. Mintz is a college version of a 3 and D guy, but that name might sound familiar. Two years ago, he was a starter for Creighton and logged a ton of starts for them and was a very good DFS player, always around that 5,500 range. I think the way he plays defense and the way he can shoot the ball, he'll be, he'll be an, an asset for that team. And at 4,500, he could pay dividends tomorrow. Now, Saar is 7,800, which I think is a great price at that. He needs 31, I think to get four X. And I think he averaged 34 when he got more than 25 minutes a game last mm-hmm. year. So the math makes a lot of sense for Olivier Sar to have a big game against uh, lowly Moorhead state. I did research the other side of this, the Moorhead state team, because you know, why not? We love college basketball. They don't have a player over $5,000. So 
They're going to score some points, and there's no one over $5,000. James Baker Jr. is the name of the guy who is probably going to lead them in scoring this year. They did lose their top two scorers. Baker Jr. is a senior. He's a forward listed at 4,600. But the two guys that caught my eye were a couple of freshmen last year. One was Tyson Claude. He's their center. He averaged 11 and 7, and at his price of 4,400, he only needs 17.6 DK to hit value. I think by default, he should get that if he gets the full allotment of minutes that he got last year and comes anywhere near his statistical production on a game-to-game basis. On the flip side of that, there's another guard. His name's uh, Talon Cooper, and he's 4,600. And when I looked at his game long, he was one of those freshmen who got more and more acclimated as the season went on. So when he played more than 28 minutes in a game, mostly late in the season, he averaged 23 fantasy points per game. Now, as Bird said in the intro, when you're talking about guys going 4x, uh, a $5,000 player should get you 20. This is a $4,600 player who is averaging 23 fantasy points per game when he plays more than 28 minutes. You would assume his progression continued over the summer, and he's going to get those 28 minutes against, albeit against Kentucky, a new look Kentucky team. Hey Joe, would it be fair? So like Olivier Saar, uh, probably a, you know a, a solid target for for like a cash games where we know he probably has a pretty high floor. Uh, whereas some of those freshmen might be better suited for some of these guaranteed prize pools where we don't know exactly what we're going to get. They could blow up. Uh, they could lay a little bit of an egg in their first game uh, of their college career. But is that kind of how you're seeing that with a little bit of a safety with SAR and, and a little bit more risk with some of the freshmen? Yeah, 100%. And I think SAR actually brings some actual upside too. I mean, there's if this game gets out of hand and Kentucky really dominates – um, and honestly, the way that roster is constructed right now, as far as we can tell with our knowledge of Kentucky, he's about it for a post presence. Now, he's a legit seven feet, and I think there's upside for him to log all the minutes in the paint um, and, and just have a couple of monsters out of the gate. And at 7,800, I think there's upside beyond a cash play. But yeah, that, that kind of what you're saying is alluding to the reason why I don't like to play a lot of freshmen because I can be a lot of conservative in my lineup constructions because. I don't know. Brandon Boston's going to be good. I know that, but I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have day one. Devin Askew was the um, lesser of the two recruits, but is priced up higher because he's going to be running the point. And he's going to naturally have more usage from that position. So um, I, I definitely agree with you. If you want a GPP play, there's there's skill and there's talent and uh, there, there's 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 guys you can target here in this game for sure. Yep, I think that's really good. Um, do you guys want to go to uh, Eastern Michigan and Michigan State next? James, you want to talk a little bit about Sparty? Yeah, sure thing. So Sparty comes into the season a little bit under the radar somehow, but they, they have a lot of pieces, some names that you probably remember even, maybe haven't heard in a while. Uh, they're, they're playing Eastern Michigan. Uh, they beat this team by 53 last year, uh, so don't expect much of a contest here. They're favored by 21. Um, Aaron Henry, I think, at 7,400 is a nice play. He's He's kind of looking to be their best player uh, from a DFS standpoint. I think he makes a really good cash target. Uh, he tends to fill up the stat line, uh, can rebound, can get some assists. Um, really like him. Uh, Joey Hauser, you probably remember him from Marquette uh, a couple of years ago. His brother Sam went to Virginia. What? Wait, we don't call him Joey, though, do we? We call him Bad Hauser. <laughs> I hope the Hausers don't follow us. Well, at least I hope he doesn't follow us. His brother can. Well, Sam can follow us all he wants. It's a, it's a relative bad, right? Now, to Joey's me. defense, he's younger, too. He is younger, yeah. And so you can get him for 6600 Um, I actually really like him in, in Izzo's kind of pick-and-pop action. Uh, I think he's a guy that can knock down some shots, grab some rebounds. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. 
Uh, he's at a low enough price. You can take a shot with him uh, in GPP. Uh, Rocket Watts is at 8,400. Uh, he really emerged last year. He averaged about 18 points per game over his last four games in conference there. And uh, so, you know, not sure what he's going to do this year, especially with some of the other guys around him now. Um, so maybe a little bit of a wait and see on him. Um, but, you know, he could get off to a big start. Josh Langford, uh, former five-star player. Uh, unfortunately, season-ending injuries last two years. Uh, what are we going to get with him? No clue. Uh, he's 7,500. Uh, you know, he's a guy you can take a shot with. He could be amazing, um, but we really just don't know what we have yet. Malik Hall is uh, another player that uh, I, I really liked last year. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time. He's 4,700. I think he's a good one to kind of take a chance with in GPP to see if, uh, you know, he's taken that, that sophomore leap and, and can emerge this season, but really, uh, really talented athlete. On the Eastern Michigan side, not really much to speak of. Actually, their best player was a Holy Cross transfer named Drew Louder, who you could get for 3,800. Unfortunately, he's out. So their best player from last year returning is uh, a kid named Ty Gross. You can get him for 4,500. Uh, but he only had nine points last year, and he was the leading scorer. So uh, probably just points. best to stay away. Nine total points or nine a game? Uh, that was nine points versus Michigan State. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, the Sparta team's going to be weird. Like, I, I can't imagine spending, uh, you know, 7,500 on, on Josh Langford coming back from, you know, multiple years of, of injuries. Uh, Henry seems to make a lot of sense. Hauser's at a really nice price. And, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of clarity on who's going to replace Xavier Tillman down low. Oh, Winston. I mean, I mean, they had such defined roles last year as a team, and this year is just kind of who's doing what. Is Rocket Watts the guy who was the last four games of the year who went bananas, He's or crazy. is he the guy who was the rest of the season who was 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 pretty average? And yeah, Cassius Winston's gone, but um, yeah, who who is Rocket Watts at 8,400? I'm not willing to probably pay that yet. I, I'd like to wait and see before we find out. You got guys that uh, you probably remember last year. You remember they were kind of rotating those fours and fives around there for a while. So you had like Kithier and. Gabe Brown and guys like that that would have these big games out of nowhere. Um, so it, a little bit hard to trust, a little bit, you know, kind of wait and see, I think, on that right now. Yeah, I like it. That's a good job. Good job, James. Well, that kind of wraps up the section that we uh, gleefully call Don't Go Overboard. And the reason why those three games are in that section is because regardless, of, there's no problem taking a guy or two from these games, especially Kentucky, if you kind of like what you've seen. But these games are going to be one-sided or they're going to have a low point total. And we just want to make sure your lineup isn't, you know, three or four or five players deep from these three games. That's why we put them in this don't go overboard section. The next section we talk about, it, we call tread water. Um, these are your middle of the pack games. You're going to have good plays in here. This this is where you can normally find some pretty nice value. And, and Bird, why don't you kick off the this section? Yeah, and we we're probably generous here to include UCLA, San Diego State in the tread water uh, with an over under of 134. But I think just because it's a close game, it's supposed to be yeah. competitive. Uh, I think that's why we pushed it up a little bit to that tread water section. But but these are two really defensive minded teams. If you look at, at last year, UCLA 325th in tempo. Uh, San Diego State last year, 332nd in tempo. Uh, both of them very defensive minded, kind of slow teams. So this is probably going to be a little bit of a rock fight. There, there still are some decent plays. So for uh, San Diego State, uh, Malachi Flynn is gone. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he was awesome last year, but uh, it's probably going to be Matt Mitchell's team this year. He's priced at 7,300 and he's going to be the primary option on offense. Uh, we know he's a versatile scorer. He can kind of you know, if they have a guard guarding him, he's going to go down in the paint. If he's got a big guarding him, he's going to take him out on the perimeter. So he does have some versatility. 
Uh, but again, with the over under, I just I'm not in love with with him uh, this game. One 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 person to keep an eye on is is All Big West transfer Terrell Gomez. He averaged almost 20 points a game, shot 95% from the free throw line last year, and and he's a little five eight guard who's going to play point guard, uh, take over from Malachi Flynn. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he looks as as a step up in competition uh, with with San Diego State. Uh, but at 6,000, you know he's certainly your kind of GPP type of play where he could go go bananas and and really put up a good performance. Uh, Nathan Mensa is back for for San Diego State as well. Uh, the 6'10 center is healthy and and he has flashed some upside in the past. Uh, Jordan Shackles should increase on his 20% usage from last season. Uh, and then a little bit of a bargain bin here uh, with Aguk Adup. Uh, A-D-O-P is his last name. Uh, he's a forward at 3,400. He's got a chance to start. And, and if not, he's going to be a key rotation player, kind of a versatile player, can play the 3, 4, or 5, a really good rebounder. And at 3,400, if you can get a starter, like that, that's not the, that's, there's a lot worse ways to, to spend some of your salary. And, and that might be a good way to get some price relief. Um, but overall, it's just kind of hard to get excited about San Diego State UCLA game when the over-under is 134. This is the last game of the night, though, and you know, you know the some of the junkies out there like myself like that late night heat, those last bullets in the chamber. What do you got on the UCLA side here? Yeah, I mean the, the late night heat was going to be Oregon and, and Eastern Washington, but but unfortunately that got canceled. So yeah, this is this is going to have to do. Uh, you can get you know you get Chris Smith from UCLA at seventy three hundred. I think that's a super fair price. Uh, he averaged thirteen points and five rebounds last year, twenty five percent usage rates, and and he looks like a pro. He is going to be a pro. He is their best player. So I do think he's really fairly priced. I think he's worth a look. Tiger Campbell flashed a little bit last year, but at 6,800, uh, I worry about it a little bit. You know, he really scored well against teams like Arizona State or teams like Utah, uh, and he struggled against more defensive-minded teams. Um, so I'm a little, a little bit bearish on him. Uh, Jalen Hill and Cody Riley are both going to play it down low. Uh, Cody Riley at 4,500 has a little bit more upside uh, from a scoring perspective. So I kind of like him as a 4X option. And I'd say my favorite play for the Bruins is, is Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh, he's a guard at 5,500. 6'6 sophomore. He played over 30 minutes in four straight games last year uh, to end the season. Scored over 20 DK points in three of those four. Um, so I think he's a really good, just a really good real-life player. And I think at 5,500, he's a, he's a really good bet for at least 4X uh, if you're looking for some of that late-night heat. That sounds good. How about this line, three and a half? If you had to bet this game, which side of it are you on? The game is in San Diego. I'm not sure if that matters because there's probably not going to be any fans. Um, I would take UCLA personally. I think San Diego State has just got so many uh, new faces and, and kind of just a completely different team from last year. Um, so, so I'm leaning on I'm leaning UCLA. Three and a half makes makes a lot of sense. I think this when they win this game by seven or eight. I think while it might not be the prettiest basketball or most DFS friendly, that that program on UCLA is finally kind of trending back up in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to get into our next one here. Now, with this one, we're talking about Clemson and Mississippi State. And, James, I'm probably, when I'm done with my little spiel here, going to ask you to co-sign on my Clemson stuff because you are our ACC guy, and I know you followed him closely last year. But this Clemson-Mississippi State game should be fun. Clemson is a three-and-a-half point favorite. The line is at 135-and-a-half. Three-and-a-half points, again, means both teams are going to be a little bit back and forth. Uh, I don't really – didn't really get a feel for which side I'm going to bet. Uh, my my homerness towards the SEC would probably lean me that way. But um, as far as the DFS perspective, Mississippi State is going to look a lot different. You know, Reggie Perry's gone. Robert Woodard's gone. There is no weather spoon on the roster anymore. 
Um, Stark, Starkville's uh, pretty high on this new freshman, Jalen Johnson. He was uh, Mississippi's Mr. Basketball. He stayed in state. So he's 7,200, but we talked earlier in the Kentucky segment about new freshmen and what to expect. Unlike the Kentucky guys, there's serious buzz around him, and I think he's going to kind of be the offense right away. But at 7,200, if you're comfortable, you know, go for it. But definitely a GPP target. A um, couple of names that you might remember from last year, Abdul Ado is still there. Um, he's a forward coming in at 6,100 tomorrow, but don't think he's coming in to replace Reggie Perry. Uh, Ado's a rebounder and a defender. He provides very, very little offensively. Um, there's another freshman, Davion Smith. He's a guard at 6,400, who they're high on. I'd take Jalen Johnson, though, if I'm going to play one of the two youngsters. And then we do remember from last year, Iverson Molinar, the Molinar Army, right? He's 4,500. Oh, yeah, he's 4,500 and is expected to be their starting point guard this year. So um, I don't know how they're going to utilize their rotations yet, but at that price, someone who we've seen have uh, DK-relevant games in the past, Iverson Molinar is intriguing. And then finally, another name that we might recognize is DJ Stewart. He's a guard at 5,900 who uh, who uh, is their leading returning scorer and is someone who we can probably expect uh, – uh, take another step forward in his sophomore year. On the Clemson side of thing in this game's Amir Sims is where it starts and stops, right? But he's nine thousand um, dollars. I did look back to last year uh, at nine thousand to hit value. He's going to need thirty-six DraftKings points, and he only did that six times last year. And then three of those six times, those were games that went into overtime. Now, Amir Sims is a good player. I'm not saying that at all. I just think he's well overpriced. Um, outside of that, Alamir Dawes is a guard for 5,500 who sounds interesting. And then uh, he's got pretty good usage. He was second um, behind Sims last year. And then John Newman the third is another guard at 6,200 who's almost a lock for 30 minutes. And we always say uh, minutes equal money. So John Newman the third is someone you can target. James, before you can ask me something, is there anything I missed on Clemson? Because I know you're a lot closer to that, that, that program than I, I would be in my research. I don't think so. The only thing I would add is, um, you know, John Newman III is somebody that you can get for, what's his price, 6200 mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be a junior this year. He flashed last year uh, in particular. He had a couple really nice games. And he's really going to be taking over kind of the Tevin Mack role on that team. So uh, Tevin Mack last year had 27% shot share. Yeah, he was a stud. Yep. And uh, and Newman and he kind of kind of sat in that wing role, and uh, so I, I think Newman he's he's skilled. I think he's got the talent to kind of step in. I, I I think his usage and shot share is going to go up uh, quite a bit this year. So he's he's somebody I actually like early on. Okay. What about the Sims take? I mean, nine K is too much, right? It seems it seems like too much. Yeah, I think the first game against a big conference opponent. Yeah, that just seems like a, a really hefty price to pay. But he he's an exceptional rebounder. Um, he can do a lot of things, you know, he can put, he can put stats on the board. And, uh, so he's a nice player to play. I just, I don't know that, uh, that I would play him. Yeah. It's hard to play Sims at nine K when you can go get, you know, like Baycott from UNC for 6,900 against, uh, you know, college of Charleston. Right. Or even, even SAR for 7,800, you know, $1,200 in savings for another smash game down low. Yeah, and we think Sims is awesome. Like, we're going to play him this year. It's just this probably isn't the best. Like, you're going against another Power 5 school. Like, you know, this this maybe isn't the right time. No, I agree. 
Yeah, why don't we jump into uh, the next game we have here, and that's the UT Rio Grande Valley uh, versus Texas. You know, everybody gets pretty excited when we see Rio Grande Valley on yeah. a slate. Uh, the Spanish Cowboys. Is that what their uh, mascot is? I was just going to ask you what their mascot was. It's the the Vaqueros, I believe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's that's Cowboys in Spanish, I think. Yep. Yep. So I've actually got some a little bit of Spanish. You know, my eighth grade Spanish award is going to come in really handy. Uh, just you can check that out on the site tomorrow. But yeah, you know, the, the, the Cowboys played fast last year, 66th in tempo. Uh, they were terrible defensively. So you would you would think, hey, this lines up perfect. You know, Texas blowout. Let's load up on Texas players. Uh, not so fast, my friend. These prices are horrible. Matthew Coleman, 9100 Jericho hmm. Sims, 8900 There is no way on earth I'm playing those guys at that price. Like, that is insane. Jake. That, that's unfortunate. Um, I'm really excited to watch Greg Brown. He's a five-star center for Texas. Um, he's 8,000. Nobody can match up to him on, on Rio Grande Valley. 8,000 is pretty high for for a freshman we've never seen play yet on a team that returns everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little concerned there. Probably my favorite play for Texas is Andrew Jones at 6,200. He, he was really good last year. He's a good three-point shooter. Rio Grande Valley gave up a lot of threes last year, gave up 38% from deep. Uh, I think Jones is going to increase that 11 points per game that he averaged last year at 6,200. I could see him leading Texas in scoring. Like I don't, that's not out of the realm of possibility. He's a good defender. He, he could get some steals. So I think at his price, he's probably my favorite play. Uh, you could probably play Courtney Ramey at 7,600, but gosh, it's hard to pay 1,400 more uh, for Ramey than it would be for Andrew Jones. For, for Grand Valley, they do have a Javon Levi, who's a guard at 6,200. He actually had the number one assist rate in the nation last year uh, on KenPom.com. Oh. Uh, he was the WAC Defensive Player of the Year uh, as well. So he averaged 11.5 points, 7.9 assists, and 2.4 steals. So at 6,200, you know, that's, that's not bad. They also have a freshman. Uh, as a freshman, Quentin Johnson last year uh, had 23% usage. Only played about half the minutes, but he should get a ton more playing time this year. Quentin Johnson is only 4,000, so you, you get a $4,000 player uh, who could have mid-20s usage. Uh, I, I think he should be on the radars, um, and, but that's really it. Like this, this game is kind of frustrating. Just the pricing really eliminates some some good options here, um, and so I think we're going to have to look elsewhere outside of probably Andrew Jones and maybe some of those punt plays from uh, from Rio Grande Valley. Now, I did not win the 8th grade Spanish award, but Rio Grande means River Grande. Thank you. Wow. I know, I know. I'm going to take that award from you. I still have it. You can look at it. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get on to our next game here in the Treadwater. The last one in our Treadwater section. And James, that's on you. Yeah, so we're looking at uh, College of Charleston. Uh, it's headed to Chapel Hill, play North Carolina. This will be an interesting game. I think a lot of people are interested to see the recruiting class that Roy brought in his best recruiting class since he's been at uh, North Carolina, which is incredible. And so there's three, five stars that are coming in. Basically two of them are centers and they already have an awesome center in Baycott. So it'll be interesting to see how he shuffles the pieces around and uh, you know, how, how these pieces are going to fit together, I guess. But look, we got Garrison Brooks. He's 9,300. That seems like a ton to me in a game that, you know, is projected at right now, 18 points. 141 over under. I think you could take a shot with him on GPP. I think he has a chance to hit uh, 4x, even in sort of limited duty if they decide to pull him. Uh, if somehow 
College of Charleston can keep it close, you know, he could have a big one. I think that's it's going to be a tough decision. Uh, Baycott, as Bird had mentioned earlier, 6,900 feels like a better value to me. Uh, however, again, if the game gets out of hand, you got Dayron Sharp, who's one of the freshmen coming in, that you can get him at 5,100. I think he's a little more game ready than Walker Kessler, is the big seven footer. He's 4,300 uh, if you want to try him out. But, you know, it's kind of a mess right there. And until we see it play out, uh, it's going to be really difficult to say, you know, if these prices line up with, with what's expected. Outside of the, the front court, you got a pretty easy choice, I think, on uh, freshman Caleb Love. He's going to take over um, point guard duties. Uh, he's out of St. Louis. He's exceptional, five star. Uh, 8,300, you can get him, uh, which is pretty high. I do think he's probably going to trend a little bit more towards Kobe White and less towards Cole Anthony, if you remember the last two years, in the sense that I, I think it's going to take him a little bit to sort of adapt and figure things out. I don't see him coming out and having some explosive game like we saw Cole Anthony do last year. You know, 8,300, you can take a chance on him and see what happens. Uh, for 6,400, you can get R.J. Davis, who's a little bit shorter, um, but he's a super quick uh, explosive score as well, um, so somebody you can take a chance on. Uh, if you're a little more risk-averse, you can <laughs> get old Leaky Black. Um, maybe Black. maybe he learned how to shoot a jumper over the summer. I don't know. Um, but normally he's uh, he's a steady Eddie, uh, decent for a, a cash play. On the other side, College of Charleston, uh, their best player is Brevin Galloway. Uh, you can get him for 4500 He's a guard. Uh, he averaged 11 points a game last season. Um, Grant Riller was their point guard last year, and uh, he was the best player. He was the whole team, pretty much. He had 34% usage. Um, that's obviously going to be a big hole to fill. I think Galloway's um, going to have opportunities. You can expect this to be sort of a, a paced-up game. Peyton Willis is a name you might recognize. He used to play for Minnesota. You can get him for 4000 um, He scored double figures in five Big Ten games uh, when he was with them. Uh, so he's somebody that um, somebody's got to score it. And then uh, Brendan Tucker, who actually uh, was Riller's backup last year, uh, Earl Grant said he's the fastest, uh, most athletic player he's ever coached in 20 years. Might be a decent game to show off, um, you know, if, if you're him. But we'll see. Uh, those those aren't great picks, but definitely, um, you know, if you got a little bit of money left over, maybe somebody you can take a chance with. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, these these teams that play against it's not like North Carolina's like an elite defensive team. There there seems to be some pretty good value on College of Charleston. Like I, I think there's some really reasonable plays that probably won't have as much ownership because they're not as sexy as right. as playing Garrison Brooks or playing uh, you know some of the other higher priced players that are that are on the slate. So good good call out, James. And we've seen uh, UNC stumble out of the gate. You know, everybody remembers Walford a couple of years ago when they just came into Chapel Hill and knocked them off. So it's not unlike them to just, you know, let some team that shouldn't be hanging around hang around. And to Bird's earlier point, you know, especially these heavy kind of freshman-led teams that didn't get to scrimmage, over, you know, didn't get to go overseas over, over the summer, how ready are they going to be? You know, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these bigger teams, you know, maybe maybe take a, a hit early on this year. Excellent. Well, like we said, that puts a bow. Hey, let's do it. Oh, let's put there it is. Drink. There. Uh, let's put that puts a bow on the tread water section. Uh, we got three games left. They're all on our dive in section. This is of the games on the slate of the the 10 that we're looking at. These are the ones that we feel best about. Um, it's starting here with Villanova, Boston College. Now, this one has Nova as a 15-point favorite, and the over-under sitting at uh, 141.5, but I am taking Boston College uh, minus the 15. 
or excuse me, plus 15. I think it's one of those things where the public's going to see the Villanova and they're going to say, oh, they should win it all this year. And Boston College hasn't been basketball relevant since Bill Curley was their center. So it's one of those things where Villanova is going to get pumped by the public. And I really like uh, Boston College in this game. Uh, the line was 15 this morning. It's still at 15 now. It hasn't done much movement. But the reason why is the Eagles sneaky have a pretty good backcourt. And James, I'm going to go to you again to back me up on, on my BC stuff. But Winston, Winston Tabs is supposed to be healthy mm-hmm. this year. He was a stud as a freshman, got hurt last year. He's 7,800. I think he should be pretty good. And then Jay Heath, um, who's the other guard, had a great freshman year coming into his sophomore year. So those two will be paired up. And down low, they got Stefan Mitchell, who's at 7,500. He's not just a, a skinny big. He's, he's a thick guy who can bang a little bit with Jeremiah Robinson Earl down low. And he can do a lot of other things for this BC team. So before I get into Villanova, James, uh, is there anything I missed on Boston College? Am I crazy for thinking they have a chance on the first game of the year um, to stay within two touchdowns? Um, I think so. You know, Mitchell's really good. You know, if you if you looked at how he ended the season last year, you know, 47 DK, 40 DK, 44 DK, double doubles. He, he's a guy at 7,500. He can he can he can flash. He can put up the numbers. So you could do a lot worse in GPP. Now, when we're talking about the Villanova side of things, I mentioned this on the onset. Colin Gillespie is a phenomenal player, but 8,700 is way too much. I just I, I can't bring myself to do that. I think he's probably an $8,000 player once things kind of regulate themselves. Um, he's the heart and soul of that team, but as Bird likes to say, they don't give DK points for charges. Um, but he's a he's a good shooter, good distributor. However, I just can't see him getting to value at 8,700. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who we talked about before, he's 100 bucks less at 8,600. Again, he's probably going to get a double-double, but I don't see a scenario where he – gets 50 DK or breaks the slate. So probably both of these guys are okay for cash, more so Robinson Earl, but neither will be in a GPP consideration. And Bert Samuels, last year he was consistently between 5,500 and, and, and 6,500. He opens the year at 7,000 this year. So um, he would, someone who you could just set a watch to get like 28 to 30 DK points. And he consistently hit value time and time again. Now, starting this year at 7,000, uh, it's just one of those things where we're not getting that that nice value. Now, I don't want to just completely dump on Villanova because there is some, some fantasy relevance that I do like. Um, Brian Antoine, who's a talented guard, is going to be out, and so is Demir Cosby-Roundtree, who's really their next postman or their next center on the bench. So that's two um, key reserves that aren't going to be available, which means more times for your starters. The two starters that I haven't mentioned, I like them both. Uh, first is Justin Moore, the freshman guard last year, who was everything that Brian Antoine was supposed to be. He's 6,100, and I think given extended minutes, he could easily hit that price point um, and even has some high GPP upside if he can go for 20, 22 points to go with ancillary stats. The second is Cole Swider. Cole Swider is going to be starting in the Sadiq Bay spot. Um, he's a He's a 6'9 kid who can really shoot the basketball. And I think that as this game goes, uh, he could get some good looks and pay off his $5,300 price tag as well. So I'm good with Cole Swider or Justin Moore and GPP plays uh, at $6,100 and $5,300 respectively. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I mean, that's kind of one of the one of the better games that's still left uh, on the slate. So it'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into the Battle of Georgia. 
you know, Georgia State and, and Georgia Tech next. Uh, I think that, you know, that's, you know, James, I think you talked a little bit about Georgia Tech at the beginning, a team that uh, has some really good guards, uh, could be could be a really good team to watch this year. Yeah, they could they could easily lose tomorrow, <laughs> which is the crazy part. Uh, they play a Georgia State team the lines uh, six and a half. Uh, so it's pretty tight. They're going to play in Midtown Atlanta. The over under is 141. I really like uh, obviously the Georgia Tech uh, guards, as you'd mentioned, uh, Alvarado, uh, DeVoe and uh, Wright, uh, who kind of plays on the wing. The uh, I, I think those those players are got a really good shot. They're they're 8500. Uh, for Alvarado, uh, DeVoe's 8,000, Wright 7,900. So they're all pretty high priced. Uh, of the three, I think you could play any of them in GPP. Of the three, I probably like Wright the best because he's got uh, some rebounding upside. Uh, Georgia State was number 19 in adjusted tempo last year. Uh, so they want to play at a pretty quick pace. So does Georgia Tech. And uh, so I think, I think Wright uh, is a guy I like a little bit better uh, than the rest there. Um, on the other side, for Georgia State, you've got Kane Williams. Uh, he's their best player returning. He's at 26% usage last year, uh, 26% assist rate. He's a guy that can grab some steals, um, do a lot of things. And, you know, I really like his pricing in this game. He's um, right now you can get him for 6,100. Um, and he's a guy that could easily have the best game of anyone on either team. Um, so I, I really like him as a target in GPP or cash play. They got a couple other guys. Corey Allen played a lot last year. Um, he played almost close to 30 minutes a game. Uh, he's got a 28% shot share. Uh, so he's a guy that's going to get it up in a fast-paced game. Uh, so someone that you can target uh, that you know is going to get shots up, you can get him for 4,900. So nice. pretty good play there. Um, there's some other guys, too. I mean, this is going to be a... Teams that are probably going to play fairly deep, play a lot of players, um, fairly fast-paced. But I, th- I think this is probably one of the games that you can really reach out into that upper price tier and grab guys on Georgia Tech. And I think you can also drop down into sort of some lower price tiers and uh, get some guys on Georgia State that uh, you know are likely going to put up some numbers. Yeah, this yeah, seems to have the best game flow you know, of most of the games that are on the slate. Like this one should be pretty fluid basketball. Yeah, I would expect that. I would expect that as well. Yeah, and going back to Kevin Durham's question at the beginning, uh, you know, strategies for first-time DFS players. You know, James, you hit on Kane Williams, but he's a guy who's not just like a scoring-dependent player. I mean, he's right. going to get rebounds. He's going to get assists. He's going to get steals. You know, we're really looking for those guys who can kind of do a little bit of everything. So Kane Williams, last nine games last year, he scored over 32 DK points in eight of those nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at, well over 5x. Uh, he had a couple of uh, 40 burgers in there, um, but but looking for those guys who aren't just scoring dependent or don't just you know sit in the corner and shoot threes. We want those guys who are really versatile, can kind of do a little bit of everything. Those really high usage players, and and, and Kane Williams is, is kind of one of those guys. Awesome. Good work on that, James. The Battle of Georgia is on. Well, not the real Battle of Georgia, but a Battle of Georgia. Yeah. So why don't we jump in with a game on the slate? Man, this kind of feels like it went by fast. It probably didn't. I'm sure we're way over time, but. Uh, West Virginia, South Dakota State. This game is actually going to be in South Dakota as well. Again, not that there's fans there. But but like James said, where we think Georgia Tech's going to be pretty good this year, uh, we think West Virginia is going to be pretty good this year. But I'm really interested to see what this line ends up being. Ken Palm has it as nine and a half point favorites for West Virginia. And, and if it's around double digits, uh, I'd be very interested in South Dakota State. Uh, they return all five starters. Uh, they're the favorite to win the summit this year. 
Um, they're projected to be 98th in Kempom, which is pretty good for for a mid-major. Uh, they were super efficient last year, fourth in effective field goal percentage. On West Virginia's side, again, you know they've they've finished uh, in the top tw- top 12 in Kempom five of the last six seasons. Uh, Bobby Huggins has already said this is one of his best rosters he's had uh, since he went to a Final Four. Uh, so I think this will be a really good game. I think it'll be really fun. Uh, from a Jackrabbits perspective, they're kind of your old school. They run a three-out, two-in motion offense. Uh, Douglas Wilson at 6,400 and Matt Dentlinger uh, at 6,000 are their postmen. Wilson averaged 18.6 points and uh, 6.4 boards last year. Uh, the problem is you're going against just legit like men among boys in Shibway and Culver down low. So I'm a little bit worried about their ability to score down against those monsters. Um, Wilson, uh, last year they played against USC. He fouled out. Played against Indiana. He fouled out. Played against Arizona. He had four fouls. So I think he's got some some foul risk that comes along with this too, especially early in the season. Uh, you know, guys just aren't used to playing against monsters like Shibway and, and Culver. Noah Friedel is a guard at 4,800. Uh, he averaged 12 points a game as a freshman last year. Uh, averaged 28.7 points per game over their last three. Uh, so he could be a good uh, kind of kind of a lower a lower owned value play. Uh, and then six four guard Alex Arians is, uh, is 4,500. Uh, he took over the point guard duties last year, and he's going to play at least 35 minutes. Uh, so at 4,500, you know, there's some so there's some appeal there as well. Uh, from the West Virginia, uh, Sheboy at 8,100 and Culver at 7,700 are always in play. They're always tournament options. They both had a low 20s usage last year. Uh, I expect that to maybe increase a little bit, but these guys are elite shot blockers. They're elite rebounders, legit double-double options. So they are always in play. I will never say not to play uh, either of those guys uh, on a given night. Uh, and I also think we could see a big bump in Miles McBride this year. He's a guard at 6,800. The Jackrabbits averaged almost 20 turnovers a game against high majors last year. And so you got some steal upside there for Miles McBride as well. So I think he's a guy who's going to sit around kind of that 4, 4x uh, type of output this year. The Mountaineers played the fifth most bench minutes last season, and I expect that again this year. So the rest of the guys are kind of punts. I think Taz Sherman at 3,800 could have the best shot of the bunch. Uh, Kedrion Johnson is a guy who's 3,000. He's the stone minimum. Uh, he'll be an X factor for this team, I think, eventually. But but so early on in the season, it's going to be really hard to tell kind of who's going to be those difference makers off the bench. So I'd probably focus on the core three of Shibway, Culver, and McBride. You're going to play West Virginia and think they cover the nine and a half? If it's double digits, I think I'm taking South Dakota State. I just think you, you return a team that brings back all five starters. They know each other. Uh, they're, they're, they're not traveling. You know, they're staying in state. Um, I, I just think, you know, especially early on, like West Virginia is a team that was like horrible three-point shooting team. Yes, they've got studs down low, but if they get in foul trouble or they kind of muddy this game up, I think uh, double digits might be a tough a tough line for them to cover. No, I, I think that makes sense. All right, guys, there it is. There's the 10 games that are left on the slate. Let's uh, drink it in. Uh, we, we've gone through the don't go overboard, the tread water, the dive in. Um, we got one more thing to take care of, and that's our prize picks for our, our first ever round of prize picks. Now, again, on the site, you can pick two to four uh, two to four guys that you think are going to go over their total. Now, we're going to give you three. Each of us are going to give you one. Um, so let's start off with uh, with our prize picks this week. Uh, Bird, why don't you start us off? Who do you got for uh, over or under, and what, what was their point set up? But before you answer, I do need to add, these are for the early games. 
Okay. They don't have the price at the time of us recording this. They don't have the, the player pool out for the later games for the slate that we just discussed. These are for the earlier games on Wednesday. So bird, who you got? Yeah, I've got Cartier, uh, Cartier Jara. So you'll remember him from Kansas state last year. Uh, so he's at Virginia tech now, um, but he's going to go join a backcourt that already has BD that already has Tyrese Radford that already has Jalen Cohn. And his projection is 27.4 uh, fantasy points. And, and so I'm taking the under on that, just knowing that, that that's a rotation uh, at, at their guard position. Uh, it's going to be really hard for him to get to 27.4 points if he's going to play less than 25 minutes a game. So uh, my under is Cartier Jara at 27.4 for prize picks. Wonderful. James, what do you got? Uh, I like Franz Wagner to go over uh, 28.1. Uh, they play a, a Bowling Green team that uh, plays a little bit sped up. They're not very good defensively. Uh, Franz Wagner uh, last year was very good. He ended up being the best uh, kind of scorer on that team. And uh, he only had a 18% usage. Uh, so with Teske out of there, Simpson out of there, it's, yeah. I think it's going to free him up to really be the guy. And uh, so I, I think he'll have much higher usage, and I, I think he'll I think he'll cruise past that 28.1. Excellent. And guys, I changed mine through the course of this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, I love my Paul Scruggs. But uh, after, uh, again, I I, I like David Duke. You guys know I'm high on David Duke this year for Providence. Mm. Alpha Diallo's gone. He's kind of that whole team. And I think he's going to make a run at uh, Big East Player of the Year if Providence can string some wins together and really keep progressing. David Duke's number on this tomorrow against Fairfield is 27.1. He could probably do that in points alone, but he's a good defender who's going to get you some steals. Steals are worth three on this side. I like that. And he's also going to handle, he's also going to hand out some assists too. So David Duke, over 27.1 is my selection for prize picks. I like it. Yeah, uh, well done. Hey guys, we're we're back. We did it. Yes, we did. Uh, then the season the season is upon us. It is tipping off tomorrow morning. I cannot wait. Yeah, so just a reminder to Bucketheads, you know, one we missed you guys. Uh two, if you can, please subscribe uh, to our podcast. Please please rate our podcast. So a five-star rating would be would be really great. Uh, if you don't want to give us a five-star rating, maybe maybe just don't press any buttons. Uh, leave a review. We'll read, we'll read reviews uh, next week uh, if we get any new reviews uh, at CBB underscore DFS on Twitter, CBB dash DFS dot com, uh, CBB DFS promo code for prize picks. Win, win everything. Win all the money, my friends. Win all the money, Bucketheads. Good to be back. Go Illini. <laughs> oh.